love you, Dance. Shuffle up your deck. Loosen up your thumbs. This is Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B Powered Gaming. We oh, are going yeah. to talk about some power gaming. Yeah. We are going to game with power. Power. Powerfully. Today we're talking about a board game, Woo! which hasn't happened in a while. It's, it's been, been a, a lot hot of minute. been a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Though I guess we had a we had a, the the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet love letter. That's true, recently. and I I think before that. Hey, if you want to see more Power Gaming episodes, find them at <laughs> CoverBeePodcast.com. Yeah, the nice thing about CoverBeePodcast.com is that on the right-hand side, you can actually click on a link and see all of the episodes of Power Gaming. True that. Uh, today, we are talking about X-Men Mutant Insurrection. Yes. This is a game from Fantasy Flight Games for one to six players. Uh, according to the box, it takes about 60 to 120 minutes, which is actually weirdly kind of true uh, from our experience. Uh, it is a game that allows you to play as 16 different X-Men characters. You have, uh, Angel, Armor, Beast, Colossus, Cyclops, Forge, Gambit, Iceman, Jubilee, Magic, Phoenix, Rogue, Shadowcat, Storm, X-23, and Wolverine. All of these characters have delightfully, uh, arted <laughs> our coined word uh <laughs> cardboard cutouts that you put on little standees and then they fly around the world in a cardboard cutout blackbird which is just absolutely adorable uh the premise of the game is that you have kind of an overarching story something that's popular from uh the comics like classic x-men stories like dealing with the hellfire club or dark phoenix saga or the rise of sentinels things like that you pick one of those and you have to go around completing missions um from various decks that are styled off of different continents uh and you complete those missions to get bonuses and get allies uh and things like that so that you can go on to these main story arcs uh while also lowering the threat uh for anybody who's played the game elder sign uh this is effectively an advanced version of that advanced in the sense of uh it adds a bunch of mechanics not necessarily that uh, it's more advanced or harder. Uh, but, you know, for people familiar with Elder Sign, the difficulty in this game is present. It is yes. it is not necessarily an easy game. The nice thing is, is that the different scenarios you can do all have a variable difficulty. Uh, so you can pick ones, you can start easy and kind of work your way up. The ultimate way that the game works is that each character has an individual card as well as an assist card. Every character has different powers they can do, whether it be changing the result of a check to a certain thing or, you know, absorbing damage or avoiding damage entirely, as well as plenty of other things. Your card has a list of uh, different colored dice on it. There's a red. There are red D6s, yellow D6s and blue D6s. They all have uh, different symbols on them. 
uh, and those symbols are what you need to roll in order to solve different missions and achieve different missions and succeed and get your bonuses, etc., etc. Your assist card can be swapped with anybody that you are on the same mission with, so you can change their dice pool. You have four D6s on your main card, two on the assist card. Uh, the assist card then would change the dice pool about two. So say you're playing as someone like Colossus, which has a very heavy red d6 dice pool you needed a few extra blues you could switch with somebody that had one or two blues on their assist card it also gives you a power from that character that you can use on your turn uh the main goal of this is to try to accomplish the main story the main mission uh before threat gets to a certain point threat goes up based off of how many different villains and different active missions are out that have an exclamation point in the top of their card um, it goes up a certain amount at the end of every round. Uh, and if a player's character is incapacitated, threat will also go up. The threat track, again, for anyone familiar with Elder Sign, is the villain of the game. It is the, the big boss of the game. It can get ahead of you very, very fast. And keeping an eye on the threat track is the number one key to making sure that you're not allowing it to go up too, too far. Uh, that's basically it in a nutshell. It's a pretty easy game to comprehend. We actually explained it to a friend of ours who showed up already drunk and she got it. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if that says anything. Uh, but when we played this game, we played it with about five people. Uh, we started with four and then we went up to five once said drunk friend showed up. Uh we were at a brewery and it was just an incredible experience. It was a really, really fun game. We all had a delightful time with it. And I don't think we won even once. No, we played many times. <laughs> so, but that's the rundown of the game for the most part. Uh, now we're going to talk about a few of the elements of the game. We'll start with just kind of the superficial stuff, uh, taking a look at kind of the, uh, the materials and the art of the game. What did you think, T? Um, I really liked it. I thought it all felt very quality. Um, I liked that it was a lot of pieces, parts, but because of the way that they were built, I liked that they, it, it was all very concise um, because it used um, more cardboard. There weren't full minis. Um, everything felt very like compact. Yeah. So it was easy to throw into a backpack and take with us to a brewery. So that was really great. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you think back in some of the old school type um, X-Men games, like an X-Men, like Monopoly and things like that. And they all tended to be like really long and kind of a pain in the butt in terms yeah. of the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, this one's compact. And I really, really liked that. Um, I thought the art was really great. Um, something that really stood out to me was just the diversity of all of the characters that you were able to play. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know. Most of the time when you play an X-Men game like this, you've got the, like, primary six. And yeah. this was much more diverse, which is really, really cool. True, yeah. I The inclusion of characters like Angel and Armor and stuff like that is just, it's really unique. I like, thought that was it's, really It's a cool. nice touch. And to hit on what you said earlier, like, I like the, I like the use of cardboard cutouts. I don't think it's done enough. Minis are neat. Like, I do love a good mini. Little plastic, but then you gotta paint them. You know, they're not gonna come pre-painted unless you buy, like, a special edition Kickstarter version. So then you just have, like, this little gray lump of... 
is that Storm? Is that Rogue? I can't tell because it's just they're all gray, you know. True. I so as a DM or a GM, I guess I should say, for Pathfinder, I don't own many minis. Like I haven't gone through and bought a bunch of mini boosters or single minis. I have a few that I got for a campaign that I really enjoy when they came out with them. But for the most part, most of my history playing and running Pathfinder has been using Pathfinder pawns, which are little cardboard cutouts. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's not enough love for cardboard cutouts. Cause you get a beautiful piece of artwork. Like they can do the art really well. It's still a nice physical representation. Mm -hmm. I think in this particular game, it adds a lot of flavor because it very much is stylized kind of like the nineties cartoon. That is true. Uh, granted there's characters like, you know, armor, uh, and then there's like assist characters like a And like, so there's some of these newer characters that right. weren't around in the nineties, but you've got the blackbird and everything's really bright. And, you know, a lot of the costumes for some of the original characters are very much the nineties costumes. Like rogue is in her nineties costume and storm is in her nineties costume and stuff. And it's, you know, it feels very cartoony and comic-y. And so I think the 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 cardboard cutouts just add flavor to that. Now I know for a fact, having looked at it online, that some people have in fact made and painted and created minis. If minis are your thing, if minis are your bag and you're like, I want this game, but I want minis. You can find them online. Yeah. And they're very There's cool. also an older X-Men game that has minis that people paint. So you could always go through and get minis. But I just think, I don't know. I, I want to see the wave of cardboard cutouts. Yeah. You know? Like, we had a big push uh, from, like, European games that went, like, really hard in on meeples. Because people love meeples. <laughs> and I love meeples. But, like, you can't really do meeples for, like an x-men game you need yeah. the art you yeah. know and i just i think you know it's it's great that games like gloomhaven come with really detailed minis but i don't want to paint them you know give me the option to like give me the minis especially with a game like gloomhaven that comes with like everything give me the minis but also give me like a nice artwork cardboard cutout cardboard standy well, and you because know. they did cardboard, that's probably the reason why we're able to play as 16 different characters. Yeah. If they'd done, you know, standard minis, they probably would have maxed out at eight and it would have been the same eight that you always play. You would have had Wolverine and no X-23. You would have had, like, Jean and no Eliana and it would have just been sad. <laughs> yeah. It would have been Jean, not Phoenix. It would have been Rogue, Gambit, Wolverine. Cyclops, Wolverine storm storm and then if it was eight instead of six it would have been nightcrawler like an angel and maybe angel maybe Iceman. yeah and maybe beast in there like gambit and beast might have been like which i don't think beast was beast one of the characters let me pull up that character list again i can't remember yeah, yeah beast was yeah. uh nightcrawler wasn't i'm oh. just realizing oh which like Weird choice. You get 16 characters. Be happy about that. Sorry, Nightcrawler fans. <laughs> Man, Nightcrawler could have had some cool abilities, too, because he could have been able to, like, if you fail a mission, you can bamf back to the... Nightbird. The Blackbird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, I love the cardboard cutouts. I think they're fantastic. It was a you good know. choice for this particular game. I think also basing 
I like games that are based around cards functioning as a board effectively. You know, Elder yeah. Sign does the same thing where everything runs off of cards. Uh, it just makes it really easy, you know, set up and put away. Yeah. This game has a pretty big box, but I think it's just because of all the cardboard stuff and the dice. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a very easy, compact kind of thing yeah. to just, like, stow away. I mean, you could even realistically probably, like, find a box of your own that's smaller and store all the items in it. Oh, you, you absolutely it. could. Uh, you absolutely could. And I think it's nice because it's at least – it is at least, like, a square box, like I said. It's not, like – the old school super rec- like rectangular really long ones that like you can't you can't put that in a backpack. Yeah. What are you putting that in? Like where how are you just I'm just gonna walk into the brewery with this game under my arm like <laughs> ha, ha. no yeah. like it's weird. It doesn't work yeah. when you have the old big ones. So I like the the compactness of But yeah the materials are really good. The art was really good. It wasn't <laughs> a bunch of like reutilized assets from Marvel stuff, which always bothers me. It does. When there's like Marvel or DC games and they just like it's like, I'm going to play this Black Widow card that's a cover from a Black Widow comic and not an original artwork. It always bothers me. So I get really excited when there's games that have, like... And they, they've they been better about it recently. Uh, one that stands out for me is, like, Marvel Munchkin, I think, is, like, just a bunch of repurposed art from Marvel. Yes. And it's, it's, like, cool, but... It's problematic twofold. Because, one, you're eliminating the need for a new artist to create art which would give them work and yeah. being paid and two you know damn well they didn't give any royalties yeah. to these people that they're using all of their old art from yeah no, they're like i already own this <laughs> they can't and even so, they can't even support the artist for the hawkeye show that yeah, they ripped off so. exactly so there's it's it's taking money out of artists hands in two different ways and yeah. that's shady yeah i just i'm not a fan i don't you know i don't want to buy a game that's themed off of your ip just to have a bunch of stuff that i've already seen like give me some original art and they've been better about it you know the marvel villainous has original art and marvel the infinity war thing we played has original art and this game original art so they've been getting a lot better about it which is good I love the art in this. The minute this game came out and I saw it, I was like, I'm going to buy this game. (laughs) And I'm happy I did because it was delightful. It was super fun. Everyone I played it with had a great time playing it. It. Yeah, it was a good it was a good game. Now, one thing I do want to make a note of um, is that this game is rated 14 up um, age wise. And I have a personal feeling, a feeling like a personal opinion about that. And I think it's that. The game is not super complicated. I don't think that it's so difficult that a younger kid wouldn't get it. In my opinion, the reason it's 14 up is that you need to be of sound mind and reason <laughs> to not be super angry when you more than likely lose. Yeah. when you're <laughs> By the time you're 14, you should have experienced disappointment already. <laughs> I, you know, I have a, an eight-year-old nephew and he is probably fully cognizant and capable of playing the game but i know damn well that if we lost he'd be pissed yeah. and so, would just lose his mind and so that's why i think the it's way, rated 14 the way i've always explained it to people when i was selling games is the age thing is the the age limit of a game is kind of like the like very bizarre possible 
side effects of like prescription medicine. So when you're watching like a prescription commercial and they're like, could cause tongue leprosy. And you're like, what? Excuse me? Isn't this an allergy pill? What the hell is happening? <laughs> That's kind of how the age thing is. It's literally like the, the way they usually do it is they take a look at the minimum players and the hardest difficulty the game could get. And they say, okay, what would be the age range for that? So like in this game, it's one to six players. So they're looking at what age would need to, would be able to, handle playing by themselves which there's probably like i haven't looked into what the one player rules are but a lot of these games that have like you can play it as one player they usually have like variant rules right so like they can handle the variant rules they can handle playing by themselves and they can handle playing the hardest difficulty scenario what would be the age yeah and so like that's where the 14 comes from and you can see that kind of across the board uh of different games like if something's like two to six players it might be like nine and up because it's thinking what two people of the same age what would be the minimum age of them playing this game by themselves and being able to like comprehend everything but i always tell people like you know the people in your lives that you might play this with better than someone selling it to you in the store so like you for instance eight-year-old nephew yes 100 percent he would not be able to handle losing in this game. <laughs> I think he's smart enough to be able to play it. And especially if it was like five of us, like you, me, his mom and dad and him playing it. But if it got to the point where it was like, oh, that's going to take our threat up. We lost. Because it, it, it does take the wind out of your sails. It does. Even playing it with a bunch of adults who admittedly had a bunch of beers, but yeah. a bunch of adults. Lubricated. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know it's it's you get really excited and into it and you get like a good rhythm and you're like knocking out missions and you're like moving through it and then it's just like oh we can't win yeah you get to a point where it's like there's literally no way for us to take the threat down enough to not die to not lose and it's like it, it's it a, just sucks the wind out of your sails bummerino but part and of the game you know i've always felt that the age limits on games are kind of you know their guidance it's kind of like the weatherman yeah yeah it's like um because you know if you think about suggestions like, it's like the pirate code yeah i think i remember playing operation with my parents when i was like seven and the age limit is six and up and i was so hysterically angry and screaming at the game and crying hysterically that my dad actually had to take it out to the dumpster after our first time playing it so like their suggestions know who you're playing with yeah. <laughs> Kind of on that note, just, you know, notes about the gameplay. I love Elder Sign. And so more games that kind of function off of that same thing are delightful. There is a element of RNG. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the yep. first times we played this, we got really screwed by kind of our early draws. Yeah. Um, It just ramped up the threat really, really hardcore. Really fast. Uh. But I like the, you know, there's certain missions you can only do when the threat tracker is in, like, a certain area. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like being able to kind of use that. So, like, you know, it's not always about sometimes you need threat to be up a little bit so that you can get missions taken care of. So right. sometimes the strat is to do other things, do, like, preparatory things, let the threat go up into, like, the yellow or the red, and then dive in. And I think that's a very unique 
thing. It's not just like a straight shot to the end and you're constantly trying to fight it down. Sometimes you have to take a chance and let it go up a little bit and then dive in to take out these missions. I, I love games like this. Like part of, part of the reason I've always loved elder sign and by proxy love this game is it's a co-op game that doesn't really make a ton of room for quarterbacking Mm -hmm. and quarterbacking happens. There's some games that I've played and that I've talked to people with that the general consensus is there's no way to play it without quarterbacking. Yeah. Like pandemic is a big one. I've talked to very, very few people that have had an organically cooperative experience with pandemic. It doesn't happen. It's, I play it and I like the first couple times I played it, I QB'd because it was just, I was seeing the, I was seeing the code and I was like, (laughs) Oh, I know it. And I was just excited to win. And then, you know, later on I was like, I'm not going to QB anymore. And just someone else stepped in. Yeah. There's, it's very hard because pandemic is kind of, it's kind of rudimentary. Yeah. Like it's, it's a fun game and it can get really out of hand really fast, but it's, the way it functions is so kind of easy to grasp when you're standing above the board looking. Yeah. And you know everybody's powers and stuff that it's very easy to just be like, oh, I see I see the matrix now. Yeah. Like <laughs> the green code starts dripping down over the board and you're like, I know Kung Fu. Uh, <laughs> but like this one, it was nice because we would have people being like, okay, I think I'm going to go here. And then someone else would be like, I don't know, man, I think you're better served over here. I think so-and-so is better served over here. And they'd be like, actually, you know, me and there was a lot of discussion. Yeah. It was like every round we would do. And I played with people that are notorious QBs, myself included. Yes. And none of us really dove into that role or tried. We had a lot of discussion. Like, I think you should go here. What do you think? Yes, I think, you know, it should be me and this person over here and this person and this person over here. And that's delightful. That's a true cooperative experience. I also love a good cooperative game because I am, I have, I have severe only child syndrome. I am hyper competitive. Mm -hmm. I get very angry at games when I'm feeling like I'm either not being QB or I feel like I'm losing or things like I'm, I'm not always the best to play games with. Uh, I am what I am. Um, but this one was really fun because it never felt like anyone was overstepping anybody else. Um, you, you know, you didn't always win, but you've lost together. (laughs) (laughs) yeah true like y'all felt that same set you kind of everybody at the same time does the sigh all right who wants another round you know like it was it was very much a like in the trenches group experience and for someone who is hyper competitive and sometimes not the best uh game participant (laughs) i think that was a nice experience for me yeah i i mean there's always room for co-op games right like, Absolutely. if you look at the gaming world, and I think a lot of people would not want to, I don't know, I, I'm not trying to say, like, I, this is inside, get ready, prepare your brain space, because this is inside, you're not ready for world. <laughs> but, like, I don't think it's talked about enough how, both in video games and board games, there's kind of a predominance of cooperative games. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. There is a lot of competitive game in the tabletop gaming space. Yes. You know, when you look at some of the biggest games in the world are like Magic the Gathering and stuff. But like, 
I think there's there's not enough of a focus on just how many people feel the same way you feel. You oh, know, yeah. it took me a long time to get to a point. It was actually Talisman was the first game that I played and lost and had a great time doing it. And it was kind of the wake up moment for me. Right. And I was already a man. I had <laughs> I had bills. You know what I mean? Like I was already there. I you know, and I hated losing. I hated playing competitive games with people because I would get so entrenched in the competition. Yeah. And losing made me angry but then i kind of got over that but there are a lot of people that aren't you look at video games like there are so many more cooperative video games or video games that allow you to compete with friends you know what i mean like you think of like warzone where it's like you're a squad right so we're losing together kind of exactly um then there are games that really put a reliance on 1v1 kind of things. Right. You know, there's fighting games and there's people that are really into fighting games. There's, you know, competitive shooters that are just you versus the world. And there are people that are really into that. But there's a bigger market or a bigger library out there of single player adventure games or story games or whatever it might be. And cooperative games. Agreed. And I don't know if we want to necessarily say that the world hates losing, but like... Sometimes you just don't need that. Sometimes you just want to be friends with people. Well, you know? and I know for a fact, I mean, I think things have improved significantly and increased in co-op games for, you know, board games. Yeah. Since indie games have really come into the picture. Because the games that we think of when we grew up, Monopoly and Trouble and, yeah. and Sorry and all these, like, you against everybody else games it it i mean for me it was a twofold thing one i can't play candyland by myself like when you have these opposition games you have to have somebody else and as an only child i either had to beg a parent to play with yeah. me and they were like okay how do we get this over with or you have to pray that somebody wants to come and hang out the cooperative games typically, especially like in this instance, they allow often for a one player experience because it's you, it's it's everyone playing against an inherent mechanic of the game yeah. rather than you playing against somebody else. And I think that's great. It also is just very nice because there is a lot of hostility that can yeah. form. Like I have really negative experiences of playing board games as a kid in some circumstances because I was so like competitive yeah. that when you lose, it's like, I don't want to play this game ever again. Like I, I'm yeah. hostile and I don't want to. And so I think the introduction and expansion of co-op games has been a huge boon and has certainly made me more willing to play board games. Yeah, it's, it's nice that there's, history. it's nice that there's a healthy community out there of cooperative games and this is just adding to it, you know? And it, um, it's not to say that there isn't like also, continuing popularity of competitive games you look at you know recently scythe root these kind of games come out Mm -hmm. and they're you know everyone versus everyone kind of games uh some of the classics Catan, ticket to ride like those kind of things are competitive games but i just think it's nice like i don't think there's enough of a focus on how nice it is having this expansive library of, I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like, I don't think enough people talk about how good it is for someone who doesn't like to lose to other people that they know 
to ha- still have tons of options. Right. You know, like right. I what I'm getting at here is I think it's it's okay. I imagine me putting my hand on your shoulder as you're listening to this. <laughs> it's okay if you don't like competitive games. Yeah. Cuz there's a lot of options out there. Yeah. Uh and you know, this game's delightful. It's super, super fun. I don't know how much more I can say about the mechanics. It's a bit complex to try to describe, uh, but it's easy to learn. Like, when you actually get your hands on the game, it's it's you get how yeah. it functions. It makes like it, sense. It falls into place really naturally. Agreed. Uh, and it's it does a very good job of kind of giving you this idea of how things work. Right. Um, or giving you the idea of you know, the setup and how the the rounds work out and stuff like that. But just a super fun game. I love this game. I'm going to play it many, many times. And I really hope it gets expansions because it Agreed. was delightful. It was and super I would fun. Love to get more and get more characters and get some characters with different abilities and stuff like that. Like maybe find some characters like Nightcrawler who would have like very unique kind of abilities. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing too, is all the characters felt very different. Oh yeah. None of the characters felt like they were basically committing the same thing. They, all their powers were very unique. You know, you've got characters like Colossus can, uh, absorb damage in place of another character. So if he's on the same spot as somebody else and they take damage, he can absorb it. Then you have like Kitty Pride can avoid damage entirely. Uh, you have Storm can add certain successes. Cyclops can change certain dice to other results and stuff like that. It's There's a lot of variety. Yeah. You know, it all kind of ropes around being able to, you know, progress and get the the, the results that you need. But it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. It was very it's cool. It's a cool game. So. Yeah. I really liked this game. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth it. I think it, it. I haven't tried it with a smaller group with two people or one person, uh, but with four people, five people, it functioned yeah. incredibly well. Four, it five, was, six. Yeah, it was it was really fun, and you know, we still lost <laughs> a lot. It happens, uh, but it was you know, it was a good time all around. And that's a testament so. to a good game when you lose yeah. and you keep playing anyway. Yeah. So. That's going to do it for us. Yes. Uh, if you want to hear, again, if you want to hear more episodes <laughs> of Power Gaming or our regular episodes, you can check them out at CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. And if you like following people on social media and you want some fun news and fan art and random stuff, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at CoverBPodcast. Yep. As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. Yep. Thank you for listening. To cover me. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.